0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 67 of Power 5 Sports Podcast. Alongside Alex Maxwell, I'm Jake Gorwitz. It is Friday, April 5th, and we have a ton to catch up on. It's such an exciting time in sports right now. First and foremost, though, The NCAA tournament has been absolutely thrilling, and that's what we're going to cover today, because how could we not? So many upsets, so many rising stars, we have players declaring for the NBA draft left and right, three number one seeds have already gone home, March Madness has been chaotic, it's been unpredictable, but you know what? We wouldn't want it any other way. The Final Four is set. Tickets to Minneapolis have been punched. The Michigan State Spartans will face the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and the Virginia Cavaliers will play the Auburn Tigers. Alex, take it away, my man. Let's get Power 5 Nation ready for the big
1: games. That was a beautiful intro once again, Jake. Nailed it right on the nose. But let's just talk about the world of sports right now. I mean, we're in Detroit. It's April in the D for us. We got hockey, we got basketball, we got baseball, and we got the NCAA Tournament a lot spinning right now. Jake, your face is a little tanner. You were just in the Bahamas. You were just in the spring break. You went to a bunch of sports games. Tell the the listeners what you got.
0: The Bahamas was a great time. Had some fun in the sun. Played a lot of beach volleyball. Went snorkeling one of the days. A lot of ping pong. Just hanging out with friends. Having a good time. It was a great way to cap off my senior year. Then, My parents and I, we took our talents to the West Coast. We started our trip in San Francisco. We saw the Golden State Warriors play the Detroit Pistons. It was great to see our hometown team in another venue. That was something special. Watching Steph Curry play in person was absolutely amazing. There's no player like him, and that just solidified my opinion. Then we went to San Jose, we saw the Sharks play the Red Wings, another mm. hometown team. I don't even know how we got so lucky that doesn't happen, like, to ever. see two Detroit teams in the same road trip. Mm. That was just awesome. The Wings actually came away with the dub in that one, but watch out for the Sharks in the NHL playoffs. Then we went to Arizona. Uh, first night there, we saw the Coyotes play the Blackhawks. That was pretty cool because that was a critical game for the Coyotes. They're fighting for one of the last wild card positions in the playoffs. And then the next night, we saw the Phoenix Suns play the Washington Wizards. Devin Booker went off for 50 points. Mm. He's one of my favorite players. Um, Just like Steph Curry, so amazing to watch in person. Um, The Wizards actually won in a very close game at the end, but Devin Booker is the storyline in that one. And last but not least, we had to check out an Arizona State baseball game. They were playing Arizona, so that was a rivalry game. Things were getting pretty, pretty heated. Um, so yeah, that was just a ton of fun, but the world of sports in general right now is just, we're going, we're going bonkers.
1: It's spinning right now and heading back into March Madness where this show is all about, we got to talk about some of the highlights that have been going on right now. Let's talk about some of the upsets that went on first, Oregon over Wisconsin, a 12 beating a five. That seems to be a common upset nowadays, you know, nobody's really safe at all, but like When you get into those like seven ten, six eleven, five twelves, it's up for grabs. And Oregon, uh, Murray State did the same thing. UC Irvine beat Kansas State. Liberty beat Mississippi State. Those are all twelves over fives and thirteens over fours. I mean, it's up for grabs pretty much at that seed. And then Duke almost, or I'm sorry, UCF almost beat Duke. That was. I, was so, I hate Duke. You like Duke for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I hate Duke, and I was rooting so hard for UCF. And I, I don't know how Aubrey Dawkins didn't tip that one in. I felt so bad for the kid. I mean, you rolled around the rim for a, second, for a second.
0: Starting off with the Oregon win over Wisconsin. I actually saw this one coming. I think a lot of people did, actually. Yeah. Oregon got hot at the right time. They just came off a Pac-12 tournament win, and... I think Wisconsin was w-
1: super overrated. They as were well.
0: overrated, and I think that Oregon was underseeded. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of how they were playing at that time, going into the tournament, they were not a twelve seed. Right. It was an
1: it was an overseed versus an underseed.
0: Exactly. And Wisconsin, all right, they have Ethan Happ. They That's have it. they have a premier All American. You know, uh, just top guy in the nation. But beyond that, top heavy. Uh, um. Not much else going on. Oregon with an impressive win. And then
1: UC Irvine, Murray State, Ja Morant. Ooh, he put the racers on their back, and he went off on a really good Marquette team. Marcus Howard had a phenomenal season. You know, we got to shout out him, but Murray State looked like a completely different ball club. Ja Morant is in a league of his own, and it really showed in that W over Marquette.
0: UC Irvine,
1: Kansas State, they were a little banged up going into the
0: tournament. Uh Slipped up in the conference tournament. Nothing was really going their way, and UC Irvine stepped up to the challenge and really took care of business. Another impressive win.
1: Yeah, and then Liberty beating Mississippi State. I think that's another game that people picked a lot because Liberty is a very solid team, and Mississippi State is, I've heard, a little overrated. But another one that everybody picked was... Yale versus LSU. It seemed like everybody picked that one. Obviously, LSU came out on top. But, like, it seemed like that was the upset to go with. And I got to say myself, I even picked Yale to beat LSU. But those are some of the upsets. Let's talk about the ISO individual highlights. Some of well, can, I,
0: can I just add one more thing to the upsets? The 10s owned the 7 seeds this year. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but three out of the four ten seeds. Okay, we got Minnesota, Florida, and Iowa all winning in the first round against seven seeds. This is one of those games that it's a, it's a toss up. It's right. I think the seven yeah. ten matchup has turned into the equivalent of the eight nine.
1: Yeah, it, it's in NCAA history the most amount of uh, higher seed teams losing was that seven and ten matchup. Like the ten seed has won. You know, a lot of the time the percentage is higher for, you know, a lower seed to win any other game.
0: Well and I'll be honest, I actually didn't expect the ten seeds to do this well. Uh this year in this tournament. I thought Louisville uh would knock off Minnesota. I thought Nevada was primed for a, a much longer uh, tournament run than just losing in the first round of Florida. You have uh Jordan Caroline and then the two the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um their names escape my mind right now. No. Uh, Martin. I, Martin. I believe they're the Martin twins. Mm. We'll have to we'll have to fact check that one. Yeah. But then obviously Wofford. Um. Jeez. Uh. That Wofford, the three point shooter from Wofford, went cold against Kentucky. Yeah. He he could have he could have went he could have won the game for Wofford over Kentucky. But he what was it like? 0 for thirteen or something? Fletcher McGee is that his name?
1: I couldn't tell you. Pretty
0: sure it's Fletcher, Fletcher, Fletcher. McGee. Fletcher McGee. What a name. Yeah. Uh, Absolute stud. And then Iowa, a Big Ten team, uh, knocking off Cincinnati. Some people were picking Cincy to beat Tennessee in the second round. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. Mm. Individual highlights. Who absolutely owned the tournament?
1: Well, we got to start off with Carson Edwards. That dude, I've literally never seen a player play as good as he did and as freaky and just unreal. He averaged 34 points a game. While being in the tournament, thirty-four point eight. I mean, he got. I think he got a forty piece against UVA. Forty-two. Forty-two. Forty-two, and
0: that was his second was, forty-two piece yeah. of the, of and the, the tournament. And
1: the, yeah, and he yeah. pulled up from literally the logo, and it was just a normal shot for him. And when you miss, it's like, oh, oh well. I mean, like he's made like four other shots like that, so keep shooting, shoot your shot. The shoot or shoot. He was unreal. I've literally never seen. A player play as freaky and just the overall skill. And he played like Russell Westbrook and D. Rose in the, you know, vintage D. Rose. He played like him. Just the athletic and explosive ability that he just possesses is just, and he's, he can, lights out, man.
0: That last play of the game against Virginia just baffles me. Carson Edwards beat his man down the sideline. I don't know, why is he giving up the ball? Uh, why is he trying to pass it to who was coming around the edge? It was Ryan Klein, mm-hmm. maybe. He,
1: yeah, he was hot. I mean, in this he tournament, was but he was not hot, near,
0: it. but Carson Edwards. Okay, you're at like 42 points at that time. You have a chance to win the game. You've just hit 10 threes. You know you're breaking Steph Curry's record over here. You're doing things that people haven't seen in a long time. Right.
1: And you're giving up the ball in this situation. Be selfish. It's got to be in your hands, man. The ball is Don't literally give in it your up. court. And you dropped forty-two. Your confidence is sky high. Come on.
0: Well, and it's not like this guy, the defender was playing lockdown no, full-court no, defense. He, he beat wasn't. his man down the sideline. I don't understand why he doesn't take a few more dribbles and pull up from a couple steps beyond have the a screen, arc.
1: Have uh, Matt Harm set a screen? Well, that, there wasn't. Then...
0: There wasn't time for that. It, it was just a. It was a bang bang play. You don't pass the ball up the court. He had a couple seconds right, left. Yeah, he could have taken a couple more screen. steps and he. A couple more steps and he pulls up and he wins the game, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, he, nonetheless, he had a phenomenal tournament. 34 points a game. That's unheard of. And what about John ja Morant? John ja Morant also had a really good tourney. Even though it was two games, they weren't really that long. But, man, he went off against Marquette. He really did. He put them on the team on his shoulders. He had 17 points, 16 assists, and 11 rebounds. I mean, that's pretty good right there. I, they smoked Marquette 83-64. to 64. That is the man. I think he's, he's obviously a top three pick in the NBA. He declared for the draft, which he should have. And, man, he's, he's so talented. And now you know why everyone's talking about him. You, you just got to watch a game of his and let the plan do, speak for itself. Phenomenal player.
0: And it's not like he just started doing this in the tournament. This has been a constant all year for the Murray State Racers. Look at his workload. 36 minutes per game. We were just talking before the show that the college
1: basketball games are much shorter than the NBA games. Right. I mean, if you score 20-plus points a game in college, that translates to like 30-plus in the NBA. I mean, it's significantly shorter. And you got to make the most out of... 40 minutes. It's only 40-minute games. And, and it's he clearly made the most of it, and look what he did. I mean, he led the team. In 36 minutes,
0: he's averaging a triple-double, but not a quiet triple-double. It's 10 assists, but 24 points per game. Oh. That is just, I mean, that that's ridiculous. I don't care who your competition is. Um, he rises to the occasion every game. Averages the double-double. You compared Carson Edwards to Russell Westbrook. I don't think that Ja Morant is too similar to Russ, but I think that if Ja adds that element of that attack mindset to his game, just like Russ, and that ability to just take it strong to the hole and go up and get hit, then that's going to be... uh, a valuable asset for him. Jalen Rose compares Morant to Dame Lillard. Mm. I, I don't mind that comparison. That's,
1: that's interesting.
0: I don't mind that at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's an interesting comparison. And John Morant definitely has a bright future ahead of him as he's going to be a lottery pick. Top three. That's what they're saying. Where would you like to see him go? Honestly, I'd like to see him like go to maybe the Knicks if they don't pick up Zion or the Suns to go along with Devin Booker. I think that would be a really interesting uh, spot for him, Phoenix.
0: Phoenix, I would not be shocked if that's where he lands. You mentioned the dynamic duo that would form with Devin Booker. You add DeAndre Ayton to the equation, and then you have other nice compliments like Mikal Bridges, Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender. He almost hit a game winner at the game that I was at Mm. in Phoenix. Mm. But John Morant, all right, if he goes out to Arizona... Well, West Coast Wonders.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting spot for the guy. He's super talented and, you know, it'll really show if he goes to a good organization with a lot of young talent like Phoenix. What about Cassius Winston? We can't say enough good about Cassius Winston, even though we're both diehard Michigan fans. Cassius Winston shredded Michigan three times this year. I hate to say it. He did. And it is so hard to beat a team three times. It is. And it really shows, you know, like you're better like you can third time's a charm like you can't just you can't get lucky three times and Cassius Winston was brilliant to say the least I mean the dude is not athletic he's not super strong he's not super fast he can't jump really high but he's his decision making is beyond elite that's what I was just about to say
0: you took the words right out of my mouth He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to amaze you with his speed or his size or his athletic ability. But he's a smart player. His basketball IQ is off the charts. And this year, as a junior, he took his game to the next level. His progression was outstanding. Probably the most improved player in all of college basketball.
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, the dude averages about 19 points a game. He's incredibly efficient from three-point and just his overall field goal percentage his turnover ratio is flawless and he gets his teammates involved in every single game and he is just the x factor on the court he's the best player on the court doesn't matter how athletic you are 99% of the time except for the Zion Duke game he wasn't the best player on the court but every single game other than that he's been the best player on the court and it's really showed you know I could definitely see him winning player of the, the wooden award and I wouldn't be mad with it. I mean, he's a stud. He is a certified stud. He's excellent. I can't even can't stop raving about him. He makes those around him better. He's making
0: Xavier Tillman, Aaron Henry, Matt McQuaid, Nick Ward he's making them look like all Americans yeah. too.
1: Matt McQuaid is he's a shooter and he's helping him out a lot. I mean, Matt McQuaid went a long way, but man, Cassius Winston is the heart and soul of that team. He is Michigan State, you know, that's their bread and butter. Everything runs through Cassius Winston, and, you know, it really shows, and that's why they're in the Final Four right now. They beat Duke, and they deserved it. Excellent team.
0: The Spartans go as Cassius Winston goes. He opens the floor for his teammates, and as a point guard, he has so many opportunities to make positive impacts to the game on the offensive end. Right defensively eh he's
1: okay he's still he, like good he, enough to he, exactly he gets the job done got guy, lock guys down i mean he's i don't know how he does it he just puts himself in the right position his basketball iq is unmatched i mean the dude isn't like we've said a million times he's not the most athletic guy out there but he knows where to be he knows where when to be at certain places his decision making is excellent and that's what it really comes down to when you're a point guard you don't have to be most freak athlete person you can be a smart floor general leader and that's what Cassius Winston is and to add on
0: to that not only does he know where he's supposed to be at all times he knows where his teammates are supposed to be at that's all times very valid. and yeah. that is that is incredibly valuable and that's if you're Tom Izzo, that is exactly what you want out of your point guard a true floor general that knows where his teammates are supposed to be he knows all positions one through five and that's you see that in his passing game,
1: clearly. Because,
0: yeah. okay, he knows the play and he knows the development before it even happens. He he's seconds ahead of everybody
1: else. He is, yeah. He sees the game in a different lens. I think that's a good way to say it. What about Zion Williamson? This dude, I don't even know where to start with this dude. Number one player in the country, five star, freak athlete. Everybody knew who he was since he was like a junior in high school. The highlights speak for themselves. How good is Zion Williamson? On a scale of 1 to 10, is he the real deal? Is he the next LeBron? Jake, what are you thinking? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd put him at 11. Yeah. Uh,
0: Zion Williamson, he has done so much for the game of college basketball. his it, It's pure dominance. He has taken college basketball to new heights, single-handedly. You don't turn on the TV for... For Duke, you don't turn on the TV for whoever Duke's playing. You turn on the TV for Zion Williamson, and
1: it, it shows. he just he just leaves you guessing what he's going to do next. I, I just can't get... When I think of Zion Williamson, I think of this one scenario. You know the Virginia game where he blocked the guy in the corner? I've never seen anyone come close to doing that. Like his athletic ability. Guys, he blocked a ball like five rose into the stands and his feet were like at the guy's waist that's how high he jumped and when he blocks people his head is his chin is at the rim when he dunks it looks like he floats in the air and he don't even talk about driving because there's no one that can stop him he's a freak athlete he's like 6'8 285 with like a 45 plus inch vert
0: he'd be the biggest guy on the duke football team yeah Oof. Something like that. I mean he'd definitely be up there. He's up there with the O linemen
1: Yeah, I mean he's the biggest guy in the NBA. I know that. He weighs more than anybody in the NBA. Second second to Bobon. Second to Bobon, right. But Bobon is Boban's like something seven else. Three. So I mean, it's it's just scary that nobody's supposed to be like this. I mean he he's just so raw and like he's still learning. He's still getting better at shooting and who knows, he might slim down a little bit to become, you know, more You know, I don't think he needs to. What can he do? He's fast. He's strong. Remember when he, there was a loose ball on the floor,
0: he outran, like a, lanky point guard, and just threw it down at the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I just hope, I hope he stays healthy because the talent that this kid possesses is unmatched. I've never seen anybody as athletic as he is in any sport. I think the LeBron comparisons coming out of high school are completely fair and. I can't wait to see him. I think he's going to transform the game of basketball and do it to the next gear. I mean, he has to be the number one pick. And if New York doesn't take him, they're out of their minds. There, there's
0: no way they don't take him. How could you pass up on this they're kid? Not,
1: it's just a matter of if they win the lottery or not. I mean, that's what they need. And Zion Williamson is... I can't... You just got to watch his highlights. I mean... Nobody does this. His high school
0: highlights are just as good as his college highlights. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Every rebound that he goes up for, his head is above the rim. Literally. He is so far above everybody else on the court. Talent is just, It doesn't. it doesn't get any better in college basketball. And my question is, where do you think he'll rank when he steps on the court
1: in the NBA? Where do you think he'll rank? Automatically, I think Zion Williamson is in the top fifty. If he were to get oh, drafted, top fifty, not just not higher. No, because I think you gotta, you gotta, you can't just put a guy in the top ten who hasn't played. But I mean, his athleticism and skill, yes. But you gotta prove your, you know, you gotta prove your worth. You can't just put, you can't just toss a guy into the top ten because what if it takes them a while to get adjusted? You know, what if they truly? figure out like you know hey let's get him to charge every time because he drives and he can't shoot i mean there's things that teams are looking at although his
0: shooting it's game quite, has quite, it has developed but nicely an NBA
1: three is different than a college three and right. i think i think right now he's at top i'd say probably top 50 who's gonna guard him that's the point i don't know but that teams are definitely thinking ahead right now you know how to stop him but it you might not be able to. I mean, he's only going to get better. His post game is going to get better. He's just going to become a better athlete if that's even possible. More of a basketball player. He's going to have experience. He's going to have IQ. So there's things that Zion has to learn, and he's got to grow at the next level. And I think putting him in the top ten is unfair to him. And I think it's I think it's a little too early. He will be top ten. Not it won't be long. Maybe by the end of his rookie season. Maybe. Halfway. Yeah. Who knows? It give, him, give him a little time Plus, to get team, situated, to yeah. adapt to the NBA. The team he's going to be on is going to suck. So, <laughs> I mean, that's one well, of the thing.
0: Okay, well, actually, if we're just thinking outside of the box here, let's think of this situation. Let's say he gets drafted by the Knicks. Who wouldn't want to play alongside Zion Williamson? True. The a Knicks have agents. crazy cap space. Mm. Maybe they bring over Kyrie. Maybe they bring over KD. Okay, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Dennis Paul's Smith agent, Jr. I uh, you know, Maybe they'll re-sign a couple guys. Kevin Knox will mm-hmm. be there. He's a young stud for the Knicks. Okay, who wouldn't want to play with Zion Williamson?
1: I mean, thinking of it...
0: In Madison Square Garden.
1: That and the business aspect of this. The, New York is the media capital of the world. We all know that. And this kid, the media he already gets at Duke. Think of that like 20 times on steroids when he hits the big Apple oh my gosh throw in a few all-stars like you just said the business aspect of this is just through the roof I mean I this is unheard of this is like leBron you know this is the only thing I can compare to this is leBron and this might even be a bigger deal maybe that might be a little bit bold but it's it's right up there it's right up there and I love I can't I can't stop talking about this whole situation I love it I just, I think it's so interesting and unique.
0: Empire State of Mind. I think that's that's the bottom line. Zion goes to New York City, and it's a whole different game. Yeah. Last question about Zion. Shoe companies. Where is he going to mm. get the biggest deal? Where is he going to sign? I think the easy answer is Nike. There's no question. Where, wherever, go he goes, wherever he goes, wherever he goes... He's going to get a massive payday. Mil plus. He's
1: cashing in. There's no doubt about <laughs> that. But what do you think about Puma? Puma's low key and they have some low key guys like Marvin Bagley, Deandre Ayton, I believe Josh Jackson is also there. So they got little little low kind of low key vibe going out and if they get Zion, it's just going to explode and they would literally pay him hundreds of millions cuz the what he's going to do for their company is going to be unmatched. And Zion Williamson, like I said about the business aspect of it, the New York Knicks financial game, or whoever picks him, is going to skyrocket. And then shoe company, I think that's a good question. I'm going to say Nike, but Puma would be kind of cute. Cute? Cute. That would be kind of cute. <laughs> okay, we'll roll with that. Yeah. That's going to be cute, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be cute, yeah. What about some of the best games of the NCAA tournament? Kind of shifting gears here. Uh Let's talk about Duke UCF. That was a thriller to say the least. Duke or Jake, I know for some reason you were a Duke fan and you were probably happy with that, but for everybody else on the planet, uh they hate Duke and I was rooting super hard for UCF and I was I I just felt so bad when Aubrey Dawkins the tip. I don't know how that didn't go in in the, the first fir- place. The first shot almost banked in. Yeah. And, and then Aubrey Dawkins
0: missed the tip in. He literally put in
1: a perfect tip, and it rolled once it kind of, like, it was on the rim for too long to the point where we're like, oh, shoot, you know, this isn't going in. And Zion Williamson missed a free throw right before. So they got super lucky. Duke shouldn't have won that game. and
0: He, did, know, get, he did get the end one, though. Ball, yeah, he did. And then yeah. R.J. Barrett shoved the other guy in the back, right. got the rebound, put it in. Yeah, that was nice, a push. Yeah, nice offensive board. But uh, I guess the refs. Turn their back to that one. Yeah. Duke UCF, that was an amazing game. Um, I I will admit I do like Duke. I like I like Cam Reddish. I like R.J. Barrett. I like Zion. I'm a huge Coach K fan. I I've liked Duke for a long time. I like Trey Jones. Trey Jones is probably the best defensive point guard in college basketball. He's right mm-hmm. up there with a couple names. I know you like Xavier Simpson. Yeah. Want to comment on that.
1: Yeah. And uh we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Another Duke game we got to talk about is Duke Virginia Tech. I mean that game. Duke talk about Duke not shouldn't be able to win that. Virginia Tech literally had a beautiful inbounds lob play, and the dude I felt so bad. He you could you could tell he just kind of like pushed it in. And it, he didn't he just froze
0: he just froze midair he froze. and he's like oh. all right uh, now what do I do yeah. I have the ball in my I felt hands. So bad for the I'm guy. about to go to the ground uh what next yeah and then he just whiffed. if
1: you guys haven't seen the highlight it's it's so sad it's a heartbreaker it, it is and once again everyone else hates Duke and everyone was rooting for Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech should have won that game ball don't lie Duke got Duke lost in the next round which they deserve to. I mean, they didn't deserve to go to the national championship because of two games prior to that. But, any, you know. Any time that you
0: win two games by a combined, what is it, three points, okay, that that's just, those are close calls right there. You're bound to lose. And then they lost by one to Michigan State. Obviously, they could have won that game too, but any time that you're going on a, three, four-game stretch of all just tightly contested single-digit point differential games. One of them's bound to go the other way.
1: Right, right. Moving on, Tennessee versus Iowa. This was a great game as well. Tennessee barely squeaked by. Tennessee was down by 25 at one point. 25. Think about that. Tennessee was. Tennessee. They were down by about what, 25, and they came back. This game was super unpredictable. It seems like Iowa shouldn't have even been there because Iowa really wasn't that good in the year. But I don't know. It was it was just a crazy game, and Tennessee squeaked by. I mean, it was a thriller. You had to watch the highlights. It was a really good game. Uh, Purdue versus Tennessee was also a really good game. You know, as we know, Purdue moved on. This was another thriller that came down to the end. I mean, Purdue got hot, and when Purdue gets hot, they have a guy named Carson Edwards who's uh, pretty good. and To say the least. To say the least, and we're going to get to him in a sec, but, yeah, it was filthy. The Purdue-Tennessee game, Purdue, I don't
0: know what it is about Purdue, but they love these Overtime. nail-biter 99 to close 94.
1: games that just— Talk about putting up points. My gosh. Carson Edwards at 29? I mean— Purdue, went, what, did they literally have, like, three overtime games in a row? Or two? It they might, were just... They had two. Uh,
0: I mean, they, they were close. Uh, another example, like like Duke, when you're in consecutive, really close games, I mean, you've got to watch your back. Yeah. Some, somebody's going to hunt you down. Someone's looking for you at and all times. And Purdue, give credit to them, but that game easily... I mean, that is a that was a controversial ending with uh, the possible foul at the end in the corner Carson Edwards lucky for Tennessee he got he uh he missed Carson Edwards missed one of the three free throws which sent it to overtime but if there's no if there's no contact if that's what it ends up then this is a whole nother ball game
1: yeah yeah what about moving on to the last of our best games in my opinion this was the best game of the tournament as of now before the final four. This was Virginia versus Purdue. I mean, this was an offensive thriller. You talk about 80 to 75, the final score, back and forth, and guys were pulling up from the logo. Carson Edwards literally was pulling up from the logo. He was, and the thing was, he was making them. He made, like, he had two stretches or three stretches where he would make three threes in a row. Think about that for a second. Pulling up from absurd places and just nailing it. And then he would drive, and like you said, I mean, the last play of the game, the ball was out of his hands, and they ended up losing because of it. So it was really unfortunate to see it end like that. But Kyle Guy was also hot for Virginia. Jerome was very hot for Virginia. They're a consistent, overall, solid, fundamentally sound team. And I think Virginia's really good. And Purdue shouldn't have been there. Purdue should Purdue would lose that game. Eight out of ten times maybe. I think yeah, I think Virginia is just so much better and I think Purdue kind of lives and dies by the three. But well, they live and die by Carson Edwards. They, exactly. And okay,
0: Ryan Klein carried he, them in the other previous in the, game. In the Tennessee, Tennessee, game. Tennessee Yeah, Matt Harms makes an impact, makes a difference yeah. here and there. But, He's large, but honestly, Carson Edwards is the key. Carson Edwards is the X factor. That's obvious. But also Purdue shot forty nine percent. From from the field, and forty four percent from threes, oh and you gosh. don't win the game. I don't know how H- how how do you lose? And I they think that's just best, that's just a testament play. to how good Virginia played. They limited the turnovers; they only had five in the whole game, and they controlled the offensive glass. They mm-hmm. had seventeen rebounds versus Purdue's. Eight offensive boards. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a that's a key difference.
1: I think Purdue's they got hot at the at times and they didn't they kind of cooled off, but they didn't really like sol. They didn't have like a solid game plan. You know, they were kind of just hot and then they would cool off, hot cool off, and then they kind of just slow down and they let Virginia kind of creep in, you know, back in the game. And then Virginia's a more fundamentally sound fundamentally sound team. And they took advantage of that, and they won. And they deserved to win. And that's why they're in the Final Four. Straight up. There you have it. Alright, we have a little segment here. College basketball season awards. We have some MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, Best Atmosphere, Best Team, Coach of the Year. Jake, starting off with you, who is your MVP of this college basketball season?
0: I have such a tough time picking anybody but Zion Williamson for the season MVP. He is the player of the year. He is the best college basketball player in the nation. 22 points a game, about 9 rebounds, on 68% shooting. That is incredibly efficient. There was one game where he didn't miss a shot the whole game. He was like 13 for 13, 14 for 14. I can't think of anybody else that is anywhere near him. In every statistical category in ability, he passes the eye test. He looks great on paper. And you saw... Okay, if we're talking about most valuable, he is by far the most valuable. When he was out after he busted his shoe against North Carolina, Duke wasn't even a top-five team. Duke might not even have been a top-ten team without Zion Williamson. That's how much of a difference maker he is. Duke is not the same without Zion Williamson, and that was seen in the games that he missed.
1: He is the most valuable player. My MVP, John Morant, Murray State. I'm just going to talk about his season stats. 25 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, and 10 assists, averaging a double-double, shooting 50% from the field goal, field goal percentage, and consistent He's a freak. He led his talk about leading his team. He led his team. He did well in the tournament. He's consistent. That's my guy. John Morant, MVP. What about your defensive player of the year? Who do you got? Zion, again,
0: Zion Williamson. I don't think there's there's nobody else that you can put. I think he is the best defensive player of the year. He's a force on both ends of the floor, but especially the defensive end. You mentioned the corner block against. Virginia, nobody else in the country is doing that. He is second in steals. He's fifth in the fifth in blocks in the ACC. He averages almost two blocks a game, two steals a game. If you watch him play, he has a major presence on the defensive end. Like, I would not... Can you even imagine hearing his footsteps running from behind you if you're going up for a full-court layup. I I would just run I would run off the court. I don't I don't want to hear his footsteps coming up behind me. Yeah,
1: he's a scary brother. I mean, he's he's intimidating when he's running at you and he's going to he's going to block you. I mean, that's not fun by any means. But Zion again, I respect that pick. I'm going to go a little off the beaten trail and I'm going to pick Xavier Simpson, point guard from Michigan. And his stats might not be Crazy. I mean, he averaged about a steal and a half per game, Uh, but his efficiency, his plus minus, and the way he would just lock down elite players—it's unmatched. He plays the best defense I've ever seen out of any college basketball player. He's so fast, shifty, and he's right. He's like he's on you, like you're glued to him. I mean, the way he shuffles and breaks through screens—I've never seen anything like it. Xavier Simpson is my defensive player of the year. You got Zion, I got Xavier Simpson. What about freshman of the year? I mean, you know, we could, yes, we're both pick, We're both picking Zion. Jake, I know you wanted to talk about Kobe White from North Carolina.
0: Yeah, if you have to pick a freshman of the year that's not named Zion Williamson, I would go with Kobe White. I think Kobe White had a phenomenal season for North Carolina. He stepped up to the plate in those games against Duke. Um, I think he just declared for the draft, he's, I think he's close to NBA ready, maybe he's not there quite yet, but he's on his way, and in a tough ACC where you have three number one seeds, you're playing tough competition every night, and Kobe White as a freshman, he made the players around him better, he learned from the veterans, he has a great coach in Roy Williams, and Kobe White was a very impressive freshman.
1: Hmm. What about our best atmosphere in college basketball? I'm going to go a little I'm going to be a little different here. I originally had Cameron Indoor Stadium, but I'm going to switch things up and say Allen Fieldhouse where Kansas plays. I mean Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, Fog Allen, it's a different kind of atmosphere. They didn't have the best squad, but I watched a few of their games this year and I realized how loud it gets and the people there are really passionate about basketball. It's different. It's a different place. It's it's wonderful. I've always wanted to go there. I mean, it's, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. What about you? Best atmosphere in college basketball?
0: I think you've got to go with Cameron Indoor Stadium. It opened in 1940. It's a historic venue. It's a tough place to play for opposing teams. You are not going to come in there and pick up an easy win. And the Cameron Crazies will get on you. But I have to point out Rupp Arena. That's where the Kentucky Wildcats play. Rupp Arena. I watched a couple college game days this season. They got they got the crowd fired up. They love a little PJ Washington action over there, in Kentucky. He was a he was a force for them this year. And
1: that's another tough place to play. And you don't want to go in there. No, no, not at all. I think those are two blue bloods, literally. And I can't just. We all had blue bloods. I had Kansas, and you kind of went with. Uh, Kentucky and Duke. I respect that. What about the best team in the country? I'm not saying you know who's going to be the national champion, national champions, but who the best team in your opinion is. And I'm going to go with Virginia. I think they're a really complete team. They lost three games this year. Think about that. 31 and three. I mean, they're freaky. They are a complete team. They, I'm sorry, they're 33 and three right now. They are a complete team. They are very consistent. Kyle Guy, Jerome, Jack Salt, they're very consistent. DeAndre Hunter, they are a complete team. They're, they don't rely on one guy, and I think that's the best way to have a team. I think you can't have just one guy running the show. They have guys that can hit you from all angles. They play great defense. They're very tall. You know, the average height's probably like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and... I like Virginia, and I think they're going to win the national championship. Kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but I don't know. I think Virginia is freaky, and I think they are such a good basketball team. Play great defense as well, well coached. Give me the Cavs this is the best team in college basketball. What about you?
0: I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga was the best team, um, A very another very complete team. Names that you need to know. Brandon Clark. He elevated his game to new heights this year. Rui Hachimura, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Zach Norvell Jr. is a young, really good player for them. And Josh Perkins, Killian Tilly. Killian Tilly has battled some injuries. Um, Josh Perkins made some clutch shots down the stretch in the tournament. But I think Mark Few, the head coach, has done an amazing job with the players that he has in front of him the state of the program right now, I think that they expect to make tournament runs every single year. Making it to the Sweet Sixteen, that's not that's not a hope. They that's an expectation. Mm. You go into Gonzaga basketball and you know you know the outcome of your season. Um I think the fact that just like the camaraderie and just the team aspect of uh of this squad it, it really shows Killian Tilly He's battled injuries throughout his Gonzaga basketball career. But you know what? Yes, he envisioned this season being a massive coming-out party for him. You know, he was supposed to have a great season and really perform at uh, at the next level. But, you know, his time was limited with injuries. But I think that's a testament to how complete this team is. And Brandon Clark, he is unreal. Zach Norvell Jr., really good, and Josh Perkins was that senior leader that every team needs. Gonzaga, they spread the floor, they keep the defenses guessing, and they're a hard team to stop. I'm surprised that they
1: lost when they did. I like that. I like that we both picked kind of, you know, complete teams, overall solid teams, instead of like a, you know, like saying Duke. I think that would be kind of a cliche answer because of all the talent they have. I mean, Both teams that we pick, Gonzaga and Virginia, are really, really good. And like you said, Gonzaga doesn't, you know, hope for these runs. They expect them. Same with Virginia. And Virginia's now made the Final Four, and they're looking to win a national championship right now. And they have the team to do so. Gonzaga, I think, also could have gone pretty far. If they beat Texas Tech, they would be in the Final Four right now. I'm convinced of that. And, well, that's how it would work because they're in the Elite Eight, but I think they would make some damage while they would be in the final four. But anyways, coach of the year. Who are you looking at?
0: I'm gonna go with Rick Barnes from Tennessee. He
1: mm-hmm. kinda low key.
0: No, i think the popular pick is Chris Beard from Texas Tech. He did win the coach of the year, I think, in the, the AP the AP poll uh voting system. But I think I saw that he only got what was it, like twenty out of sixty four votes? So there there are a lot of there are a lot of votes being handed out to uh, a number of coaches. Uh, But I I would go with Rick Barnes. I think that uh, the leap that the Tennessee Volunteers made this year was quite impressive and uh, worthy of Rick Barnes winning Coach of the Year. Okay, he's got Grant Williams, who at some points in the year looked to be the best player in college basketball. He could have won Player of the Year um, if he didn't kind of slow down at the end or i guess if tennessee made a made a farther run but i do think rick barnes is deserving of coach of the year any season where you pick up two wins against kentucky and an early win against gonzaga who i think might have been the best team in all of college basketball you i mean you're this close to winning the sec tournament, you come close in the regular season, I, I just think that the that the leap that Tennessee made um, was outstanding, and I think that's because of Rick
1: Barnes' leadership. That's a low-key pick, and I really like that. Uh, Rick Barnes was f- a phenomenal coach. Tennessee had a great season, really showed. My pick is Chris Beard from Texas Tech. Yes, he is AP Coach of the Year, and let me tell you why. Texas Tech is 30-6 and six right now, And they ended up finishing first in the Big 12. They are going to their first ever Final Four. And last year, they made it to their first ever Elite Eight. So look at what Chris Beard has, the impact he's made. You know, yes, he had a guy like Jarrett Culver, 18 and a half. He really coached him up. Jarrett Culver had the best season of his life going to the NBA. Uh, They played with their hair on fire. That's the kind of defense that Texas Tech played with. Texas Tech was outstanding, they destroyed Michigan, they made Michigan look like they didn't know how to shoot a basketball, and credit to them, they had a good game plan, they shut them down, they play great defense, they play with a passion, and Chris Beard is really, really a great coach, and he deserves this Coach of the Year award more than anyone else, that's why I have Chris Beard winning AP Coach of the Year, you got Rick Barnes, I got Chris Beard. I like both of those picks. I'm glad it's not Coach K and Bill Self every year. I like that there's a little bit of variety in college basketball. You know, I'm feeling it. I'm liking both of our picks. But switching back to the Final Four, the main event of the evening on Saturday, starting off with Auburn versus Virginia. Jake, predictions, what are you thinking? This is tough. This is, this is an incredibly tough game
0: to pick because they're... They're two different teams. We've really gotten to know Auburn through their March Madness run. They are a fast team. They will beat you down the floor. North Carolina is one of the best teams in transition. They like to get out and run. And Auburn made North Carolina look slow. But then you have Virginia. Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, they're hard to stop. They're, they take care of the basketball Virgin I I would say that Virginia will win, just because, I don't know, Auburn will just come up short in so, in some way, and I I, I would I just have to go with I have to go with Virginia. Mm,
1: I agree. I think Virginia and Auburn. This is a really interesting matchup. As we've seen, Auburn, they're win and die by the three. They live and die by it. They've almost they almost lost. Keep in mind, they almost lost to New Mexico State. Early on, easily could have lost. Easily, In New Mexico State. They honestly, they probably
0: should have won should that have game. Won. They had uh, it was one of their guards just racing down the court. He passed up a wide open layup with maybe three, four seconds left. Dished it out to his teammate uh, around uh, for a three. For I don't. People were saying that maybe he didn't know the score. Whatever. He yeah. should have put that up. He should have made it. Auburn should have been out mm-hmm. in the first right round. There there. Yeah, but. Look at what they've done since then.
1: They beat Kansas, they beat North Carolina, and they beat Kentucky. This shows you that Auburn has potential. They're freaky, they're hot. I picked them to go to the Elite Eight because I knew they were going to be hot. Keep in mind, they just won the SEC Championship, the the tournament. So they are red hot. They are feeling themselves. But like I said a minute ago, Virginia is the best team in the country. I'm going to have to agree with you on this. Kyle Guy is the man. He averages about 15 a game. He's really consistent. They're really efficient. They don't turn the ball over a lot. You know, right now I'm looking up that ma- this uh, matchup predictor, and it has Virginia with an 80% chance to win. And, you know, I, I don't really look at that for guidance, but I kind of look at it for, you know, kind of it's interesting. And I think Virginia will win this game just about 8 out of 10 times. But who knows? I think... Auburn has the ability to pull off an upset, and if they get hot, you know, with Bruce Brown, anything can happen, but Virginia should take care of business. For all the
0: fans that are looking for reasons to pick Auburn, I'll give you a few. We saw what Carson Edwards' shooting ability did to Virginia. Carson Edwards kept Purdue in the game, and that was because of the threes. Auburn lives and dies by the three, but they've made 38% of their threes. They're on fire. So Auburn will stay. This won't be a blowout by any means. And Auburn is a great defensive team in terms of forcing turnovers. They actually they led the country in forced turnover rate. But on the other hand, Virginia is arguably the, the most well-disciplined team in the country. So that'll be... Um, that'll be an interesting matchup to keep an eye on. Turnover rate versus, you know, taking care of the basketball. Here's one reason that Virginia... here Here's an upper hand, an advantage for Virginia. Auburn lost Chuma Okiki in the Kentucky game. He was a great player to put up against DeAndre Hunter. Auburn is now undersized and i think that virginia might feast.
1: Yeah, i that's a possibility and i can't disagree with it at all. Moving on to the late game of the evening, Texas Tech versus Michigan State. This is going to be a thriller, you know. I let me tell you why. I think i'm going to just come off the bat and say that i think Michigan State will win. But i think this has the potential to be a super close game, and I think people are sleeping on Texas Tech. Jarrett Culver is a freak. He is the guy that Texas Tech runs through. And, you know, Michigan State isn't really that good of a team. They're This is not—let me rephrase. This is not the best Michigan State team that Tom Izzo has had in the last three years. It's not. The ones with Miles Bridges were way better. But this team has heart. They have mental toughness. And they have the best leader they, they could possibly have, Cassius Winston, running the floor. Uh, Michigan State is really complete. They play great defense. And Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston, I think that's the X factor. Xavier Tillman's playing like a fifth-year senior, and he's playing with experience and confidence. And then you got Cassius Winston guiding, guiding your team. I think Michigan State's going to win in a really close game, kind of like an 80-78 to 78 type feel. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State loses, but I expect them to win.
0: There are lots of reasons for Michigan State to be excited right now. They are so close to their first title game in ten years. Okay? You win the regular season, Big Ten, right? You win the conference tournament, and now you just beat Duke. You took your you're the team that took Zion Williamson out of the tournament? The thing that worries me is that beyond Cassius Winston, I don't know where Michigan State's production is going to come from. That is the one question mark that Spartan fans go into every game with. Whether it's going to be Henry, is it going to be Brown, are we going to see it from McQuaid, is he going to light it up from three,
1: Xavier Tillman, I don't, I don't know. And you've got to keep in mind, Texas Tech presses all game and they play like frantic defense. They play with their hair on fire. And if Cassius Winston can't handle that, like you said, who is he gonna hand next? it off to? Who's next? I mean, Foster Lawyer is oh, out of the picture here. I mean, they have Cassius Winston's Cassius Winston will literally have to play the entire game. There's no room for error, there's no backup. He's gonna be tired and, You'll need
0: oxygen at halftime. Yeah, time.
1: and the thing, Texas Tech is going to press, 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 and make him work for every basket. Think about that. But Cash Swinson, has handled it against Michigan, so we'll see if he can handle it against Texas Tech. Well, and the Spartans don't have Nick Ward. He, had that,
0: he suffered I, that I hairline I really fracture. It, I don't think that's a big I don't deal. Th-
1: I think Nick Ward's so overrated. I think Xavier Tillman is 40 times better than he is.
0: Nick Ward is incredibly overrated, but Duke had no answer for him. He buried every defensive matchup that he faced
1: in the post. Yeah, I think... I think... I understand that, but like I said, I think Xavier Tillman and maybe Aaron Henry knocking down a few floaters. I'm expecting Matt McQuaid to have like six to nine points just from threes. I'm not expecting him to have a great day at all.
0: I think he'll need to attack the rim, though, because we've seen it a few, a few, few in a few occasions lately where he... Uh, caught the ball on the perimeter, but then drove, and I think that opened up yeah. different opportunities for State's Fair. offense. Um,
1: so, who are you thinking? Who are you thinking in this matchup?
0: Hold on, I- I'm am g- getting there. Okay. I'm st- I'm still processing. I- I'm still processing. Okay. I need to I need to take everything into consideration. Michigan State they need to get Texas Tech into foul trouble because if Texas Tech keeps their regular defensive starters in, if they're not making subs that's tough. Texas Tech plays, though, I heard. They play like 10 guys,
1: so they have a solid rotation.
0: And, and every guy is more than capable. But you know what
1: I'm saying. That first defensive unit, if, they, if they're if they getting in a groove... It's not going to be easy for Cassius Winston or Michigan State to establish any type of game plan. But the thing that's that I'm confident in Michigan State is they've done it against Michigan. Michigan's defense was supposedly unstoppable at one point, and then... You know, Cassius Winston kind of put up, like, 25 points, so he's he's capable for sure. You know, I, I hate to say it because I'm not a Michigan State guy at all, but they're capable of winning this. It's right there in front of them. This is it. I mean, this is the squad they've had. If, they, if you have a squad to win, this is it. I mean, you got leadership. You got talent. This is it, man. I mean, it's right in front of you. You just beat Duke. Like you said, you took out Zion. There's no one in front of you that's, like, you know... Immortal, I guess you could say, but we'll see. So, I know you're still thinking, but what are you you thinking here? Michigan State or Texas Tech? I'm
0: going to choose Texas Tech right now. I think that they're too good of a two-way club because we talk about their defensive efficiency, but the offense has been at that same level since the start of February. They're hot at the right time. They're coach just one coach of the year. And I think they're, they're just firing on all cylinders. Michigan State, I think they have the bodies to stop Jared Culver. But I don't know. He just he dominates both ends of the court. And it just feels like Texas Tech has a little extra something up their sleeve that I think that they'll throw at Michigan State. And it really worries me that State doesn't have a clear go-to guy after Cassius Winston.
1: That's a fair point, yeah. I I can't disagree with that at all. So, on Monday night, you have Virginia versus Texas Tech, right? Correct. Who you got cutting down the nets? Virginia. Mm. I think I'm going to go with Virginia.
0: uh, They're battle-tested. We saw that against Purdue. Um they know how to, you know, squeak away in tight games and the thing with Virginia is their offense and defense are both lethal. I wouldn't say that Texas Tech's offense is lethal, but I think Virginia's offense and defense are both lethal. Um and Virginia without a doubt they have the bodies to cover Jarrett Culver.
1: That's a fair point, and I can't disagree with you whatsoever. On Monday night, I got Virginia versus Michigan State. I think this is going to be a real good matchup, but I think Virginia has too many guys that they can just go to that will put up 15 on any given night where, like you said, you're worried about who Michigan State, you know, if Cassius Winston doesn't show up, who's next. I think Virginia plays great defense, and they might shut down. It doesn't matter if Cassius Winston scores 30 points or not, you know? because they don't have a second go-to guy. So for that reason, I'm going to take Virginia, because any guy can score 15 to 20 on any given night. And I think if you have that up your sleeve, nobody can beat you. So give me the Cavs. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. So Virginia, they're going to cut down. They're going to break through. They're going to bounce back from losing to a 16 seed.
0: I was just about to say, it is incredible how they go from utter
1: embarrassment
0: to cutting down the nets. Possibly that is... cutting down
1: the nets. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get any crazier than that. That's what college basketball is all about. I mean, seriously. I mean, Virginia hasn't won in a long, long time. And Toby, Tony Bennett has been searching for this and he is a great coach. And, you know, it's finally going his way. Virginia has been very unlucky in the past. And, you know, that was a fluke losing to UMBC last year. And I'm glad they're in this situation now. And you and I both agree that the Cavs, Virginia, will win 2019 NCAA tournament.
0: And if we see the matchup that you predict, UVA versus MSU, that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. Considering that Michigan State knocked out Virginia in both the 2014 and 15 yeah, tournaments. Yeah, I'm, I remember that. That would be an
1: interesting storyline. That Adrian Payne's era, I think that was like Adrian Payne and. Keith Appling, those guys. Yeah, that was, that was fun. And I think, I want to say, uh, Kenny Goins was on that 2015 team. We, we failed to mention
0: Kenny Goins. I think yeah. he'll be up against Jarrett Culver. So it'll be... Th- that's another big question mark. Will Kenny Goins be able to uh, rise up? He
1: did pretty well against Zion. I'm not going to say he, he didn't come close to shutting him down, but he did pretty well. Nobody does. No, but he did pretty well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, and...
0: He hit the shot that... He, I mean, he is yeah. the reason that Michigan State that is in the Final ice Four.
1: cold. And they were down by two. I mean, they were losing, and he pulls up. That was... I respect that, Kenny. I, I feel that. So you got... We both got Virginia. I, I... You know, I can't see it. I can't see it any other way. And I, I really hope Virginia... I hope they get it done. I mean, sorry, Sparty fans, but... <laughs> I don't want to make you guys mad, but... I hope Virginia gets it done. It's just... It's so hard
0: to even think about that any team in the final four has a legit chance at winning. Yeah. I think we could see any matchup. Yeah, Auburn might win. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia, you name it, the team has a chance. Every team has their own little niche that their own calling card that gives them a shot to win. Yeah. Auburn, their speed. Jared Jared Harper is probably the fastest player I've ever seen. Bryce Brown Crazy good. Virginia, I mean, you their play, it, it speaks for itself. Offensively, defensively, they do it all. That's an Te- excellent point. Yeah. Texas Tech, they're red hot. Jarrett Culver is a two-way dominant player. He's hard to stop. He creates scoring opportunities for himself. Put him in isolation, I don't know who will stop him. Michigan State, they have a chance to get back to the title game for the first time in 10 years. Tom Izzo is probably, uh, well, without a doubt, he's the most experienced coach left in the tournament and arguably the best coach. Michigan State, they have Cassius Winston. He might carry them. Who's going to
1: come out on top? That's a great note to end on. So there you have it, folks. We just broke down our final four, our college basketball season awards, some of the highlights individually and team. And the best games of this March Madness tournament. Kind of a, a unique tournament. It wasn't There wasn't a crazy amount of upsets, but there were a lot of thrillers. And it was fun to watch, as it always is. And can't wait to see the Final Four in Minneapolis and to see who cuts down the Nets. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We post all the time. Sprinkle in a little Facebook here and there. True, true. We have polls. Try to get them in daily. But make sure to vote. Check us out on Instagram and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Until next time.